are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome back to another episode of Call for Caring's The Empowerment Hour. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I am your guide as we journey through caregiving together. The Empowerment Hour hopes to bring inspiration, education, and resources to our audience of family caregivers. Today, we hope the tangible information you receive can be applied immediately after listening to the episode. Now, during season three, we would like to hear from you. So please share your area of interest for future episodes. And you can do that by first subscribing, adding comments, and then um, you can start with today's episode by doing that. We are in the month of love. Everybody goes red um, in February, including the Empowerment Hour. And so um, this is National Heart Health Month. Per ARP, 30 million Americans suffer from heart disease. Caregiving for a loved one with heart disease is an important responsibility, sometimes making instant determinations and also actions. Per the CDC, anxiety, stress, chronic stress, depression, PTSD, all things that family caregivers experience can lead to physical disorders to include stroke, heart failure, heart attack, or other, or other cardiovascular diseases. Family caregivers are not only caring for those, um, for those with heart disease, but they must also care for themselves to decrease their own risk of heart disease as well. So over these next two episodes, the Empowerment Hour will go red. Um, on today's episode, we want to welcome one of the nation's oldest organizations dedicated to fighting heart disease, the American Heart Association. Represented today by Shauna Scott, who's Vice President of Community Impact in Atlanta. Welcome, Shauna. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having us this morning. You are so welcome. We're excited for you to be here looking beautiful in your red. Yes. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about it. I just, you know, I was just like, I need to make sure that I represent yeah. um, the red this morning. So, yeah. That's right. And you did it well. You did it well. So, um, can you please share your background and your current work? Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, I work for the Metro Atlanta American Heart Association, um, and I'm the vice president of Community Impact. And the American Heart Association, as you stated, is one of America's oldest um, health uh, nonprofits. We are actually celebrating our centennial this year, 100 years of the American Heart Association and 100 years of supporting our communities to understand um, heart health and how to respond to heart health. My background um, is in public health. I've always worked in this space, always worked in chronic conditions and looking at the ways that chronic conditions impact us. And what are some of the solutions, not just looking at the problems, but really what are some of the solutions? Right. And here at the American Heart Association, our goal is to provide solutions to our community around um, heart health and how to support your loved ones and your care, um, and as caregivers, support yourselves um, during this time. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I do enjoy is um, being an American Art Association um, instructor. And so um, in the community, um, we often do, you know, teach CPR and people are like, you're teaching CPR at an event. How can, don't yes. you have to have like three or four hours to do CPR? And so I'm like, no, right? And so can you talk a little bit about what's often done in the community, hands-only CPR? Can you kind of explain that and the benefits of hands-only CPR? Of course, yes. Hands-only CPR um, is one of uh, the pioneer events of the American Heart Association or pioneer activities, not necessarily an event. And what we know about um, cardiac arrest is that nearly three out of four um, out-of-hospital cardiac arrests occur in the home. And so the at the American Heart Association, we are trying to create opportunities where people are able to utilize these skills to assist when they may be in the presence of someone who's experiencing a cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. Only about 40% of people who experience an out-of-hospital out of cardiac arrest receive the immediate help that they need before you know that EMT or that other health professional arrives. And so hands-only CPR has been shown to be just as effective in the first few minutes as conventional CPR for cardiac arrest at home, at work, or in the public. And so it's really important to understand um, the very simple two-step process of uh, implementing hands-only CPR, which is first calling 911 if you see an adult suddenly collapsing, and then pushing hard and fast in the center of the chest to the beat of a familiar song that has 100 to 120 beats per minute. All right. Yeah, that, that's, that's, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, um, it's really easy to teach. It's really easy to learn. And it's very easy to remember, particularly when you use the song that you just talked about, Staying Alive, right? We get that beat yeah. in our head and we can't get it out. And so that's the beat at the pace that you want to go to be able to do that. Um, because as family caregivers, when someone is a, in the home who's had a stroke or heart attack, they're very likely to have another, right? Yes. And so having that tool in your hand, which is your own hand, is really important to be able to potentially save their life or reduce their risk of further, further injury to them as well. And yes, so absolutely. I think, you know, some of the mis or one of the misconceptions is that you need to perform traditional CPR, do mouth to mouth, do all of these extra things that you may learn in a five, six hour CPR class, but really hands-only CPR is something anyone from age six on up can learn in a matter of seconds. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's, I mean, that's just, that's just a powerful statement. You can always go online and check it out, um, you know, at AmericanHeartAHA.org to check out that video, Google it, but it's something that you can easily do well, again, after the podcast, to be able to just check that out and have that um, in your toolkit for you and your entire family. And so as we talk about um, hands-only CPR and other things that are done, not necessarily in the home, which I would like for this to happen, but also just in the community is an AED. And so can you talk a little bit about the importance of organizations having an AED, kind of what is an AED? We use that term a lot, but I just want people to understand what it is and its importance in saving a life. Sure. So an AED um, is the automated external defibrillator or a defibrillator as um, we may know it. And it's 
uh, simply just a medical device that has been designed to analyze the heart and the rhythm of the heart and then deliver an electric shock to individuals who may um, have experienced a cardiac arrest. And what the AED is designed to do is restore the heart rhythm to normal. Mm -hmm. um, ventricular fibrillation is when the heart rhythm, um, which is what is responsible for cardiac arrest, it creates that uncoordinated heart rhythm and puts you at a different pace than if you were just um, in regular uh, rhythm. And the purpose of CPR really is a procedure to then keep that blood pumping when the heart stops. While the AED itself is a machine that will then get the heart started again after it stops. Mm -hmm. And so at the American Heart Association, what we want you all to know is that the survival rate of individuals who may have suffered a cardiac arrest nearly doubles when an AED is administered along with CPR techniques that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the devices are not um, inexpensive. And so, uh, you know, it, it's not something you can normally have in every home, but definitely every major organization normally has access to an AED. So particularly when you're, um, you know, like even in a church or an adult daycare center, um, people should know where those devices are because they can make a true Absolutely difference in folks' life. And so um, that's another mission of ours to kind of see what we can do about the home. But um, we do want to be able to make sure that people are aware of that and how to use it. And I always tell people the main thing with the AED, when you're in the public, if you've never even seen an AED before, all you have to do is find the on button and it will lead you from the from there. Simply just turn it on and you can figure out the rest, the rest right? Yeah. And so that's the main thing about using the AED. <clears throat> so we're talking about these tools that are, you know, to the general public, um, but also impact family caregivers as well. Now, are there programs that are kind of specific to family caregivers um, or programs that you think would most benefit family caregivers? Because it's just not about CPR and AED. There's so many other things that American Heart does as well. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily say programs, but more so resources. Okay. Um, one of the major resources that I would love to talk about is Life's Essential Eight. And it is a um, resource really for caregivers as well as those um, who may need care about how, what are those behaviors or those health factors that we uh, should be implementing in order to have healthier cardiovascular um, life and just li live a longer life. And so what Life's Essential 8 is all about, and it's um, easily Googleable. You can just Google Life's Essential 8. Um, it talks about these health behaviors as well as health factors. So there's four health behaviors, eating better, right? Aiming for an overall healthy eating program or pattern that includes our whole foods, lots of fruits, vegetables, etc. cetera. Um, being more active, get in uh, your physical activity. So if you are a caregiver, how are you um, going to implement moderate uh, or to vigorous physical activity into your week? Adults should get two and a half hours of moderate or 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity per week, whereas children should get about 60 minutes per day, including play and structured activities. And then the other one is around quitting tobacco. Um, you know, that's really self-explanatory. I don't think I need to get into that one. And then I think one of the most important ones for caregivers is sleep. Most mm -hmm. adults need seven to nine hours of sleep. And when I usually talk to people about this one and I 
I do a poll. I'm here in four and five hours. But most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep each night. Children require about 10 to 16 hours of sleep if they are five and younger. Um, and so we really want to ensure that we're getting adequate sleep because adequate sleeps prom sleep promotes healing, it improves our brain function, and then it reduces the risk for other chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just talk about the health factors really quickly. Managing our weight, controlling our cholesterol, managing our blood sugar, and managing our blood pressure. And so when you think about caregivers and how they can, what can they do? I would say utilizing our life's essential eight um, information is one of the first steps. Okay. okay, absolutely. And I mean, those are all things that we know that she, we should definitely do. And as caregivers, we get so busy and those are the first things that we neglect. Now we may encourage our loved ones to do it. All those exactly. things we just talked about. They have to do it, right? But us, it's okay for us as family caregivers not to get three hours of sleep. I just need a power nap, right? And I'll get up and I'll be able to assist my loved one. But again, it's just so important that those essential eight are only not for our loved ones, but also for ourselves. Perfect. Now, are there um, new initiatives that are coming up that, you know, may impact family caregivers or just, you know, in general? Yeah. Um, again, no new initiatives, but I would recommend um, any of your listeners who are caregivers visit our website. We do have a caregiver support section of the American Heart Association website. And so I would recommend visiting heart.org slash caregiver. And there are a wealth of resources there. Uh, for caregivers around um, supporting individuals um, that may be experiencing any type of cardiac um, issue. And so they have support topics based on uh, heart failure, stroke, um, any type of heart-related cardiovascular topic. And so I definitely recommend visiting our caregiver um, section of the American Heart Association website and there is also a um, a portal where you can have conversations with other caregivers. You can follow conversations where individuals may be discussing um, different issues around being a caregiver for someone who is a stroke. Um, when I, I last checked it out, um, there was a conversation about a family member with a stroke and they came home to homelessness. How do you support someone in, in that situation? And so yeah. I definitely re recommend visiting our caregiver portion of our website and then um, entering the portal and seeing what conversations are being had around um, caregiver support. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I know sometimes when we see those, um, those support groups, we feel like we have to engage. You really don't have to engage. I mean, if you're much more comfortable just watching and listening or um, just reading, that's appropriate as well, right? Just get the information. And certainly, you can certainly share your experience because I think that's a great way to learn. And I yeah. saw that out there. I think that's great that you have that section that's specifically for family caregivers. Yeah. And, so you know, in thinking about additional resources, again, on that um, page, heart.org slash caregiver, um, there are fact sheets around various topics. So, as a caregiver, what is burnout and how do I avoid burnout as a caregiver? What are some of those things that we should do? And, you know, if you recall the Life's Essential Eight that I just talked about, some of those things go back to the Life's Essential Eight. So avoiding uh, tobacco, becoming more active, choosing good nutrition. What does an individual do as a caregiver 
if they um, are feeling depressed, right. what, um, how can they learn more? And so I really think that the caregiver portion of our website really goes into a lot of details. There's also a 1-800 number that you can call to learn more and to speak um, or ask questions of nurses or doctors who may be able to provide um, information to you to avoid caregiver burnouts or understanding the impact of being a caregiver. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love it. Absolutely. And I always say um, knowledge is power. So being able to go somewhere and to know where you can find that information is just great. And so what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick um, sponsor break, and then we'll return to learn more about American Heart Association support to family caregivers. We'll be right back. Call for Caring Incorporated in partnership with Bellevue Baptist Church and the Alpha Eta Chapter of Chi Eta Phi Sorority Incorporated presents the 2024 Chicago Family Caregiver Expo. Family caregivers will have their cups filled with resources from over 35 vendors, empowerment through expert presenters, self-care through health screenings, vaccines, manicures, and massages, transforming experiences through yoga, meditation, and virtual dementia tours, care scholarships for respite care, song and music through the Caregiver Celebration Concert. Join us Saturday, June 8th, 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. in the Bellevue Ministry Center, located at 10715 South Halstead Street, Chicago. Register today at callforcaring.org. Welcome back. We have been speaking with Shauna Scott, Vice President, Community of Com Community Impact um, for the Metro Atlanta area. So let's continue our conversation about family caregivers and how they can be supported um, as um, about family caregivers and how they should advocate for themselves as well. And so Shauna, kind of tell me what recommendations you would give family caregivers to implement um, and maintain a self-care routine. And then also maybe talk a little bit of why that's so important. I think you kind of covered though, and that yeah. is eight, but I just, there's some other things that kind of stand out about how do we get to implement that program and maintain it? Cause we can start yeah. it. Do we want to, how can we maintain? Well, you know, beyond the life's essential eight, I think there are some other things that we can do. Um, so the national family caregivers association does offer um, 10 tips for family caregivers when it comes to uh, caring for yourself as a caregiver. And so I can run through some of those um, tips um, for the audience. So one of the first ones is to choose to take charge of your own life. So not letting that loved one's condition or situation always take center stage in your life. Um, one of the other ones is being good to yourself, right? You talked about self-care. So how as a caregiver will I love, honor, and value myself um, knowing that you are doing the hard work as a caregiver, so ensuring that you are carving out quality time for yourself just for you outside of that family member that you are caring for. Um, I had mentioned uh, depression earlier. So watch out for the warning signs of depression and don't delay in getting um, any professional help when you may think you uh, are experiencing depressive thoughts. Um, and then accepting offers, you know, if people reach out to you to help you, to support you, to um, take that uh, caregiver role off your hand, 
accept that offer and suggest specific things. Um, you know, that's probably one of the first things that a caregiver would have done. And so ensuring that that is um, a part of your caregiving process. And then um, seeking support from other caregivers. I had mentioned the support group earlier. So this is a great way to solve. And then trust in your instincts to know that, you know, whatever decision you make for yourself and your um, care will lead you uh, in the right direction. So those are just some of the um, the tips from the National uh, Family Caregivers Association. But then again, looking back to Life's Essential Eight, you know, making sure that you are taking care of your physical physical health, becoming physical act, physically active, eating um, a low sodium, uh, low salt, low sugar diet, scheduling your checkups, and then figuring out ways to learn to cope with stressors. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things when you talked about kind of checking yourself on depression, um, you know, and not only just for you to check, but somebody else to check on you as well, because holding mm -hmm. yourself accountable means that you, you assign someone else to do that for you. Because I can say to myself, yeah, I probably need to do better. But you have that one great friend or relative who's like, no, you need to check yourself. You're not doing the right thing. So you check in with right. someone as well. And, you know, um, as we talk about depression and stress and anxiety, um, sometimes you're dealing with things in the middle of the night. You don't want to call anybody. It's too late at night. Um, dial 988, right? That's that new mental health emergency response when you're just feeling so down. If you don't even know if you can just pick yourself off the floor, um, 988 is now something that's available that everyone can use as well. And so, um, yeah, I think those are those are awesome tips um, to provide in addition to the essential aid. And so um, what are two actions that you recommend our family caregivers take immediately after listening to the podcast today? Um, immediately after, I would recommend signing up to get our Heart Insight. It is a free magazine for heart patients and their families. And so it is at heartinsight.org. And the other recommendation really would be about that support group that we, we mentioned earlier, connecting with others that share similar journeys with heart disease and stroke, um, you know, by joining our support network. And so that would be at heart.org slash support network. I think, you know, we can never have too many resources at our fingertips. And being able to find those resources that uh, could be impactful with how you are working with your um, your family member, and then how are you taking care of yourself as well? Mm -hmm. Now we have we're in the Heart Health Month now. So, are there things that um, events that are particular that are going on this month um, that we may want to share with our audience to kind of check out or go back and watch? Amen. Um, uh, you know, again, I mentioned this is our centennial year. So there are thousands of <laughs> events all across uh, Metro Atlanta. Um, so typically, uh, we at AHA, we uh, don't really host. We really support the community and come out to events that they're already hosting. Okay. But um, I think one of the first things is our Go Red Day, which is February, February 2nd. Um, but, but our Go Red at the Capitol is February 1st. So if you want to talk to your state representative as a caregiver, um, I would definitely recommend coming to the Capitol um, on February 1st and talking to your representative about, you know, what can they do for you as a caregiver um, supporting someone who is impacted um, 
by cardiovascular disease. And then um, I would say check out your local libraries. Your local libraries in your communities will all be doing something around Heart Month. And so they will have a lot of information, a lot of tabling. I think that's one of the easiest ones. And if you are a part of a faith community, most uh, churches will be going red uh, this uh, February, this Heart Month as well. So um, if you are a part of a faith community, I would say show up in your red and mm-hmm. learn about um, the importance of heart health at, um, at, in one of those spaces. Awesome. And you know, now, if you're listening to this and it's not February 1st or the 2nd, you'll go to your state representative and have a conversation, whether it's February or any month of the year, and, um, you know, take that call to action and kind of share your um, thoughts about what's going on with your loved one. Because I think the personal journeys really allow for legislators to understand the impact of what they do to just everyone, the common person, right? And so sharing your personal stories do make a huge difference. Um, so Shauna, now are there any websites, um, social media, anything that you recommend that our caregivers kind of follow that will help their journey? Um, so again, I had mentioned earlier the um, support group. Um, our website, if you are interested in learning the hands-only CPR, heart.org slash CPR, there are tons of tools and resources, the videos to demonstrate hands-only CPR. Um, I would definitely recommend uh, visiting those websites. I would also, um, we have the resources for caregivers portion of our heart website. So heart.org and then caregiver. Um, And there are a significant amount of resources and materials for caregivers there. Um, There is uh, another part of our website around uh, physical activity for caregivers. So get moving tips for caregivers. And that's something that folks could just Google and it'll bring them to our website. And then I had mentioned nutrition and and eating right. And so we have the top 10 cooking tips for caregivers. Mm -hmm. And then again, that's something uh, that folks could just Google and it'll come up. So, you know, I'm I'm talking about moving, uh, being physically active and eating, but then how do we implement those things? And I think if you are able to get to our website and find those top 10 cooking tips, um, and then how to move would be uh, very important. So heart.org slash caregiver um, or heart.org slash CPR to learn the hands-only CPR uh, tips that I mentioned. Awesome. Now, is there any other means of communication or ways they need to get in touch with you or would they just kind of go to the website? Yeah, they can. Um, we also have a, um, excuse me, a Facebook page. Yes, we have a the Georgia American Heart Association Facebook page and you can there and then we also have a um, Instagram page for Metro Atlanta and so it is the at um, AHA underscore Georgia is the uh, the two social media sites that we utilize okay awesome well thank you Shauna for sharing the work that American Heart Association does across our nation to impact and to impact heart health so Again, thank you so much for being here and sharing that awesome information. Thank you so much for having us this morning. And again, um, it is American Heart Month. And so at the American Heart Association, as we enter into our centennial year, we really want to support as many people in the community as possible to understand their heart health journeys. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And so the Empowerment Hour is presented by Call for Caring. Our organization supports caregivers through resources like today's podcast, expos, classes, grants. And we are excited to announce the Family Caregiver Expo is coming to Chicago on June the 8th, 2024. You can find more information about the Chicago Family Caregiver Expo um, and also our Family Caregiver Night Out. We're beginning those soon as well. Other upcoming events, training classes, our care grant grant care grants for respite care and other programs at www.callforcaring.org. Today's episode can be heard on uptomeradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. You can also view some of our earlier episodes and expo events on Call for Caring YouTube channel. We hope today's episode of the Empowerment Hour has met our goal to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Thank you. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.